All right, fellow fact checkers, want to remind you to go check out our wonderful sponsor, Fox and Sons Coffee. Now, Steve got his start by drinking coffee with his dad on Saturday mornings, and he wanted to carry on that legacy by starting his own coffee company and having something to pass on to his sons that they can carry on. So go over to foxinsons.com and check out Fox and Sons Coffee. And if you use the promo code FCT for fact check this, you get a 10% discount on any order of $20 or more. So please head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and get your day started off with a great, great cup of some incredible coffee. They've got the dark blend and a light blend, and they've even got decaf for those of you who get a little bit jittery. Uh, No one in my audience would ever get jittery. But head over to Fox and Sons Coffee. Check them out. All right. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. All right. Fact Check This podcast. And as we wind out the year, I said I was going to talk about the masking in schools. So let's just dive right into this because it's pretty pretty crazy honestly i I don't know how else to look at this thing like it's the um the level of logic that's used for for this is oh break your break your brain boston researchers say masking children in schools can reduce the effects of structural racism an anchorage school board president margot bellamy should take note Masking of children in school may not do much to prevent an aggressive coronavirus like COVID-19 from spreading, and it may lead to suicide and poor educational outcomes. But one thing a universal mask mandate can do is reduce effects of racism in schools, according to leading researchers. Holy fucking shit. Before I read any further. Number one. We are openly acknowledging that mask mandates and masking of children does not do much to prevent coronavirus or COVID-19 from spreading. And, and it leads to suicide amongst children and poor educational performance. Doesn't stop or mitigate the spread. Causes these kids to be depressed and suicidal. And it causes them to perform more poorly in school. But none of that fucking matters. Because it could reduce the effects of racism. Racism. Which is so problematic that we have dozens upon dozens upon dozens of manufactured incidences of racism across the country. We should make our kids depressed, suicidal, and do bad in school through mask mandates in order to reduce a thing that is not a fucking problem anyway. Because science. Before I get any further, fuck these motherfuckers. But, but let's continue. You would think that the opening paragraph could not piss me off this much, but here we are. Let's continue. 
The New England Journal of Medicine has published a study laced with speculation and opinion in which the authors say universal masking policies in schools work, if ever so slightly, to contain the spread of COVID. At least, that was what their 15-week study showed. Lifting mask mandates in school led to an increase of 45 cases of COVID per 1,000 persons. But wait, there's more. And see, I'd like to go back to that because I need to look at this study more closely. Depending on the timing of it, like anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. We're gonna get to the article. But wait, there's more. We believe that universal masking may be especially useful for mitigating effects of structural racism in school, including potential deepening of educational inequalities. The researchers with doctorates said in a study summary. Districts that chose to sustain masking requirements longer tended to have school buildings that were older and in worse condition and have more students per classroom than districts that chose to lift masking requirements earlier. In addition, these districts had higher percentages of low-income students, students with disabilities, and students who were English language learners, as well as higher percentages of Black and Latinx students and staff. I'm not going into the Latinx thing. Uh, our results support universal masking as an important strategy for reducing COVID-19 incidences in schools and loss of in-person school days. As such, we believe that universal masking may be especially useful for mitigating effects of structural racism in schools, including potential deepening of educational inequalities. Among school districts in the greater Boston area, the lifting of masks requirements was associated with an additional 44.9 COVID-19 cases per 1,000 students and staff during the 15 weeks the statewide masking policy was rescinded. They concluded they wrote about historic oppression, structural racism, and settler colonialism, and that Black, Latinx, and Indigenous children and adolescents are more likely to have had severe COVID-19 to have had parent or caregiver die from COVID-19 and to be affected by worsening mental health and by educational disruptions than their white counterparts. The authors concluded that COVID-19 has helped lead to policies that will combat structural racism codified in state-sanctioned historical and contemporary policies and practices. For example, redlining, exclusionary zoning, disinvestment, and gentrification. Eroded tax bases in some school districts and shaped the quality of public school infrastructure and associated environmental hazards. These processes left school districts differentially equipped to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic and concentrated high-risk conditions such as crowded classrooms and poor indoor air quality due to outdated and absent ventilation or filtration systems in low-income and Black, Latin, uh, and Indigenous communities. The study was published in the November 9th edition of the New England Journal of Medicine, a peer-reviewed publication that is widely cited as a credible and accepted source of medical information that informs government policy. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this peer-reviewed bullshit, but here we are. Understanding COVID-19 policy decisions requires attention to power and existing historical and sociopolitical contexts. Structural racism and ca racial capitalism operate through multiple pathways, including higher levels of household crowding and employment in essential industries and lower levels of access to testing, vaccines, and treatment. 
These structural forces differentially concentrate the risk of both SARS-CoV-2 exposure and severe COVID-19 in low-income and Black, Latino, and Indigenous communities. The researchers are associated with Harvard and Boston University, as well as the Boston Public Health Commission, New York Public Health Department, and similar agencies. And then it lists the people who were involved. If you want to read the list, it'll be included, or you can read it right here. We talked about this, or I don't know if I talked about this, but I know this has had come up during the peak of pandemic. It was talked about that COVID is actually racist. COVID is racist. Why was COVID racist? Well, COVID was racist because COVID targeted specifically people who were out of shape. People who don't live in clean environments. People who were old and had comorbidities. And that's racism. Because, as it turns out, a lot of the minority communities live in poor conditions and have old people in the homes and all these other things. And I'm almost 100% positive that I've talked about this on very recent episodes. The reason that minorities are kept in this position is because they are made to be reliant on the government. And the government keeps them impoverished and keeps them in these bad situations. So that when something like this happens, it hits them the most hard. So that when they're reeling because of this, they have no choice but to say, Daddy government, please come save us from this terrible thing that's happening. And so they can come swoop into the rescue and save them. Only in saving them, they create an extra level of dependence and, and an extra level of systematic racism that will continue to hamper those communities. That's the way this works. And so that's why the masking thing is viewed as something that can combat racism. It's not because like covering the face causes students to not be seen as much. Don't you can't tell what color their skin is or some shit like that. It is a dehumanizing thing. It definitely dehumanizes the students, which is why they have an increase in suicide rates and a decrease in education uh, educational outcomes and production where the mask mandates are in place. But based on the broken logic of this idea that the masks work, when it's been admitted on multiple occasions by the CDC, the FDA, and all kinds of doctors, that it doesn't work, that there's not actual reliable statistics on how well masks work or if they work at all. And and even this study that's done from the New England Journal of Medicine, it's a, a minimal, it's a minimal uh, 
effect, a minimal positive effect. And the positive effect can't be directly linked to the mask usage, other than to say that once the mask mandates ended, then there was a very small increase in cases. But at the same time, if you look at the timeline for when the mandates ended, the mandates were dropped just as cold and flu season and cold weather, as, as cold weather was starting to set back in and cold and flu season was starting to pick back up. So like there's a correlation between when the mandate ends and an increase and the natural way things kind of work on a, like everything goes in a, in a, a, a flow. So when you look at like, when you look at this stuff and you look at when the mass mandates end and then when the, the increases start to begin, like it makes sense. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to take a lot of like meaningful information out of these. And it, and like I said, it doesn't, at no point does it show that, that the mask actually reduced the number. It only showed that when the mask mandates were lifted, then the number went up very, very slightly in correlation with other things happening in the world. So, like, but the reason that this um, combats racism is because COVID is inherently racist and COVID hits Black and Latin and Indigenous families harder than it hits white families. So keeping mass mandates in place actually protects those students. Even if it still makes them more likely to be suicidal and hurts their schooling. As if those students could afford to have their schooling affected anymore. They're already re receiving some of the lowest levels of education on like in the country. The if you really wanted to affect some legitimate change in combating racism in like school age children, the best thing to do would be to, to do away with the, the Department of Education and get rid of these massive teachers unions and get rid of these public schools and have community based schools charters and magnet schools and stuff like that. Like get rid of these public schools. Those are what are creating the problems for low-income and minority students. Not mass mandates, not COVID, not racism. It's a broken Department of Education. That's where you go to fix this, is by getting rid of that piece of shit. We've seen since the inception of the Department of Education in the early 70s, I want to say it was 1972 or 73. Since that point, we've seen educational standards in the United States just drop off a fucking cliff. While all the rest of the world has either remained steady or gotten better, but we have just been in steady decline. That's not coincidental. 
and especially for minority communities. I know I've talked about it multiple times. You see a lot of like predominantly black schools where to push graduation rates and to pretend that they're actually doing something positive for their communities, they are graduating everybody. Except that most of their graduates, especially young black men, are illiterate. Not like, not as good at reading as I am, but actually fucking illiterate. Can't read and write. Or can only read and write at, say, like a first or second grade level. Like, they're not, these people are not going anywhere in life. And then, and I've talked about this too many times, and then after they force them through and graduate them for no reason other than to get their graduation rates up and make it look like they're actually doing something while they don't do any fucking thing at all to help these communities. Then they put those kids in college and they get them grants and they get them uh, loans, saddle them with twenty dollars to $50,000 in student debt only to have them flunk out because they never should have been there to begin with because they're fucking illiterate. And then you see what the government does to help. They make you more dependent on them so they can fuck you for the rest of your life and keep you by a leash. That is true slavery. The actual slave owners are the Democrats. Fuck those pieces of shit. Got to, if you want to break the cycle of slavery and of racial injustice, break free from the fucking left. That's how it happens. Stop supporting the people who just want to see you as their slaves. Because that's what it is. You're still, at this point in history, 175 years later, you're no better than slaves to them. Just they do it in a slightly different way and make you feel like you have some say in it, in the matter when you don't. That's all for today's episode. I'll be back next time to actually. There may only be one more episode this year, possibly two, but uh, the next one is going to be probably the longest one that I've ever done. And it's going to go on the it's going to look at um, evidence based medicine and some other. It's going to look strongly at the medical industry and medicine in particular, uh, pharmaceuticals. And there's a lot of information and there's a lot of shit that's hopefully it'll make you reconsider uh, taking anything ever again and maybe even make you reconsider how you uh, how you handle your your health and, and your interactions with doctors and, and the medical the medical industry. Because that's what it is. It is just like the we talk about the military industrial complex uh, churning out money and uh, the way the government supports that and, and just the huge like circle jerk of money going everywhere that is the military industrial complex. The medical industrial complex is every bit as big, if not bigger. In fact, the pharmaceutical lobby, as I've mentioned multiple times, the pharmaceutical lobby is literally the biggest lobby in Washington. That's where the money is. Follow the money. And you'll find everything you need to know about modern medicine. And that's what we're going to do on the next one. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week, and be sure to tune in next time for what should be an excellent show. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check out our longest and most favorite sponsor, 
Carlos Vanessa Abelar, and Paloma Verde CBD. Get all of your CBD needs, and you get 10% off your order of $75 or more, plus anything over $75 is free shipping. So head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com to get all your CBD needs. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you.